Hey, my young genius, ready to discuss the latest world news? Hey, sure, I'm ready. But remember, I'm not a little kid, so let's skip the childish nicknames. All right, got it. Let's start with the fact that the European Union has adopted the world's first law on artificial intelligence, which they've named the AI Act. Can you imagine how this could change our lives, my little expert? Yeah, that's a really important event. But there's a lot of other interesting stuff happening in the world. For example, Ukraine is currently facing a complex military situation. President Zelensky is making statements and the mobilization process is changing. You're right. That's also a very important topic. And another piece of news worth discussing is the military actions between Israel and Hamas. They've currently halted the fire, but the international community continues to call for a ceasefire. Even the U.S. has expressed its position on this issue. What do you think this means for the world, my little analyst? All these events are really important and deserve discussion. Let's get started. Hey, darling. Did you catch Olivia Rodrigo on SNL? She was absolutely amazing, singing about being grateful for everything, always being sexy and kind, and being beautiful even when she's crying. That's what I call an all-American queen. And now, let's get down to business. You know that on Monday, 25th December, there won't be any mail because of Christmas? Yeah, I know, it might be a bit disappointing, but we all deserve a little break, right? The last issue of the year will be out on 27th December. What do you think about that? Have you ever thought about how the use of artificial intelligence will be regulated? The EU has already adopted the world's first law on this. Wow, that's interesting. I wonder what it says in there. Well, in the beginning of 2024, it will be approved, and it will come into force in two years. Violations will be subject to fines of up to 35 million euros or 7% of the company's global revenue. Wow, those are huge amounts, but why is this so important? The significance of what's happened is that this is the first set of rules for AI companies, and it's going to have a huge impact on regulating AI worldwide. As they say, this puts the EU in a unique position to lead the way and show the world that artificial intelligence can be managed, and its development can be subject to democratic control. I wonder what are the key points of this law? The AI Act will protect democracy, the rule of law, and fundamental rights such as freedom of speech, while also encouraging investment and innovation. When it comes to AI, a risk-based approach will be used, meaning that the riskier the use of AI, the stricter the rules will be. So if AI is used in medical devices, the rules will be strict because the risks are higher, right? Absolutely. These companies will need to use high-quality data and provide clear information to users, among other things. Some uses of AI will be completely prohibited. For example, social credit systems, certain types of predictive policing, and emotion recognition systems in schools and workplaces. The police won't be able to use AI-based biometric systems to scan people's faces in public places, except for serious crimes like kidnapping or terrorism. It sounds like something out of a sci-fi movie, doesn't it? Yeah. And the law even includes provisions for chatbots. They'll have basic transparency requirements, disclosing information about data management and how much energy they use to train models. And by the way, if a chatbot starts using more energy than an average person on a treadmill, it'll have to pay a fine. But not everyone in Europe is happy about this law, right? Other countries don't have anything like this yet, so it could slow down the development of AI in Europe and make the EU less attractive for investments. Yeah, some people think that the law imposes too strict obligations on developers, which could lead to a talent drain. But, as they say, let's hope for the best. Or as they say in the world of AI, mistakes are just data for learning. 
That's a very interesting law, but speaking of news, let's switch to the situation in Ukraine. The law I'm talking about will come into force in two years, but who knows what will happen during that time. We might have to start from scratch all over again. And now, let's talk about the situation in Ukraine. When I was writing this letter, there was an air raid alert in Odessa. Iranian drones were flying over the Black Sea towards the Odessa region. The commander of the Ukrainian ground forces, Sirsky, said that Ukrainian soldiers are having to fight under the conditions of the enemy's advantage in both weaponry and personnel numbers. In Ukraine, there are some changes happening in the mobilization process. The news is saying that the Ukrainian authorities are planning to recruit people into the army in a new way. The chief of the general staff of the armed forces of Ukraine has asked Zelensky for an additional mobilization of 450-500,000 people. Zelensky has indicated that he might agree to the mobilization of Ukrainians aged 25 and older, under certain conditions. Zelensky also assured that the financial aid from the U.S. will be unlocked and promised that Ukraine will manufacture 1 million drones next year. He looked tired, but determined. During the press conference, Zelensky talked about his conversation with Orban at the inauguration of the Argentinian president, Milea. He asked Orban why Hungary doesn't support Ukraine in the EU, and Orban couldn't come up with an answer. By the way, the EU has just adopted the 12th package of sanctions against Russia, which includes measures related to diamond trade and a price cap on oil. Sase. All right, let's switch to the situation in Gaza. Yesterday, the UN Security Council was supposed to vote on a ceasefire there. On Monday, the wording was sustainable cessation of hostilities, but it seems the US wasn't thrilled with that idea, so they had to find a compromise. I don't think the voting ever took place, at least I haven't seen any updates about it. Yeah, and at the same time, the U.S. support for Israel continues. The head of the Pentagon, Austin, even flew to Tel Aviv the other day. But it seems like everyone is starting to feel a bit awkward about this situation. They say that Washington expects the Israeli army to transition from high-intensity combat operations to targeted operations in about three weeks. Yeah, and the other day, the Israeli army uncovered the largest tunnel under Gaza to date. Wow, that sounds like a plot for a movie. But at the same time, Germany, France, and the UK are calling on Israel to achieve a sustainable ceasefire. Everyone seems deeply concerned because a lot of civilians are being killed. Yeah, the former British defense minister said that Israel is behaving in Gaza like a bull in a china shop and that it's necessary to stop rough and indiscriminate attacks. There's a lot of talk about Tel Aviv violating international humanitarian law and going beyond self-defense. There are concerns that Israel's ongoing operation will lead to the radicalization of Muslim youth worldwide and an increase in support for the Hamas ideology. According to the Gaza Ministry of Health, which is controlled by Hamas, since the 7th of October, 19,667 people have died in the Gaza Strip, and 52,586 people have been injured. It's just awful. And the UN believes these figures. But, you know... I think it's important to remember that behind each of these numbers is a real person, a real life. It's not just statistics, it's tragedies that are happening every day. I hear you, mate. It's truly awful. But let's not forget that there are no easy solutions in this situation. Every decision made has its consequences. Yeah, that's what makes the situation so complicated. But we'll keep an eye on how things unfold and keep you updated. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Until next time, I see ya. Well, my young scientist, are you ready to hear about something that impressed the world this week? Have you heard about the volcanic eruption in Iceland? Oh yes, that was in southwest Iceland, right? 
Everyone was eagerly anticipating the eruption at first, and then somehow it slipped our minds. But volcanoes, they're so unpredictable. Absolutely, my young geologist. And the most interesting thing is that it's still unclear which volcano is erupting, Reykjanes or Fagradalsfjall. But the fact remains, lava flows are emerging just four kilometers from the town of Grindavik. As they say, volcanoes don't ask us if we're ready for their eruptions. I'm not a little kid. But yeah, that's really interesting. And you know what else? The crack is three and a half kilometers long and the flow rate is 100 to 200 cubic meters per second. It's just incredible. Wow, you're really clued up. And you know what else is interesting? There was a live broadcast of the eruption. These technologies, I mean, it's like the volcano decided to become an internet sensation. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And I heard that The Guardian had a lot of stunning photos of this event. Wow, you're really clued up. All right, ready to discuss the next piece of news? I'd be all. You know, nature never ceases to amaze us. But you know what else never ceases to amaze? The world of religion. Let's switch to the news from the Vatican, where the issue of blessing same-sex couples has recently come up. And no, this is not a joke. Oh, that sounds interesting. So, has the Vatican allowed Catholic priests to bless same-sex couples? Or is this some kind of new religious prank? Yeah, but there are some nuances. This is only allowed for those couples who are not seeking to legitimize their status, but ask for all that is true, good, and valuable from a human point of view in their lives and relationships to be enriched, healed, and elevated by the presence of the Holy Spirit. But don't think it's some kind of new type of wedding ceremony. Got it. But as I understand it, this blessing cannot be given in conjunction with civil partnership ceremonies or even in connection with them. So, it's like a wedding, but without the cake and gifts? Absolutely. The Vatican wants to show that God welcomes everyone without exception. But at the same time, marriage remains a union between a man and a woman, the ultimate purpose of which is the birth of children. So it's like a wedding, but without children and a happy ending. Interesting. So essentially, the Catholic God doesn't consider same-sex love a sin, but same-sex sex is already a sin? It's like loving chocolate but not eating it? Yeah, that's right. But you know, it's all quite humiliating, but in any case, it's a step towards modernization and accepting the existing reality. And that, my friend, is no joke. I right. Yeah, that's a really huge step for the Vatican. But speaking of steps, let's switch to another kind of steps. Political ones. In Venezuela, there was recently a referendum regarding the annexation of the oil-rich region of Guayana Esequiba. Wow, that sounds serious. So, did the majority of Venezuelans vote yes for the annexation? Yeah. According to the local electoral commission, 95% of the Venezuelan voters expressed their support for the annexation. The Essequibo is the territory that has been the subject of disputes between Venezuela and Guyana for several centuries. But don't worry, this isn't a history exam. Wow, several centuries? That's a long time. But what has changed? Why has the dispute become more active? Everything changed in 2015 when the American company ExxonMobil discovered an oil field there with 11 billion barrels. This could make Guyana one of the world's largest oil producers per capita by 2030. Oil, as we all know, always attracts attention. Wow, 11 billion barrels. That's an enormous amount. It's clear why Venezuela is interested. Yeah, and Caracas even considered going to war with Guyana to annex Essequibo. But last Thursday, on the 14th of December, Maduro and Guyana's president Irfan Ali met and agreed, 
not to use force and not to escalate tensions either in words or in deeds. It seems they've decided that diplomacy is better than war. Well, that's good. After all, war is always bad. So what did they decide to do next? They've decided to set up a commission of foreign ministers to address all the arising issues. Plus, they're planning further meetings to discuss the fate of this oil-rich region. Let's see how it all pans out. But remember, politics is not like chess, where every move is predictable. Yeah, it's interesting to see how this all plays out. Let's keep an eye on the news. You know, I recently came across a funny story related to Euronews. I was staring at this picture they posted for ages. It had a bunch of random stuff on it, a Nintendo Switch, a cap with a Canadian flag, a PS5, a set of men's grooming products from Axe, and even a screeching rubber chicken. Wow, that sounds like a scene from some movie. What's the story behind it? And why is there a screeching rubber chicken in the picture? Is this some new trend in the world of crime? This is a story about a gang of airport robbers in Tenerife. They stole 2 million euros. They were found with 29 expensive watches, 22 smartphones, 120 items of jewelry, and around 13,000 euros in cash. And the chicken, apparently, was part of their, um, professional inventory. Wow, that sounds like the plot for a new Oceans movie. But how did they get caught and what were they doing with that chicken? Their greed did them in. The police started receiving too many complaints about items missing from suitcases. And as for the chicken, well, who knows, maybe it was their lucky charm? Well, that's a classic case of criminals getting caught because of their greed. But how did they manage to steal all those things? And what on earth did they do with the chicken in their criminal activities? They were incredibly well organized, with a hierarchical distribution of roles, where each person was responsible for a different stage of the crime. Selecting the flight, concealing the stolen items, removing them from the airport premises, selling the goods in jewelry stores or online, and dividing the profits. As for the chicken, well, maybe it was their secret weapon. Wow, that sounds like a real criminal organization. But still, they got caught. And that's a good thing. And it seems like I'll never be able to look at a rubber chicken the same way again. Shall we move on to our next hero? It's Jonathan Majors, the Marvel star who's already 34 years old. He played the villain Kang the Conqueror in the Loki series. By the way, I watched this series purely for the performances of Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson. They really soothe me. Oh, I know that actor. He was supposed to play Kang in the new Marvel movies Avengers The Kang Dynasty and Avengers Secret Wars. But it looks like Marvel has cut ties with him and excluded him from future projects. Yeah. And here's why. Recently, he was coming back from a party with his girlfriend Grace Jabari when she noticed that he received a suggestive message from another girl. Jabari took his phone and demanded an explanation, but Majors didn't want to explain anything, so he twisted Jabari's arm and hit her on the head. Wow, that's a real superhero move. But of course, it's not funny. It's right that Jabari is taking legal action against him. No one should tolerate violence, physical, emotional, or financial. Absolutely right. And here's the funny part. They read out messages and audio recordings in court that Majors sent to Jabari. And among other things, there was this. You need to act like Coretta Scott King or Michelle Obama. I'm doing great things not only for myself, but for my culture and the whole world. You'll have to make sacrifices for me. Wow, that sounds like imposter syndrome. I guess when you play superhero for too long, it can really mess with your perception of yourself and the world. Absolutely. But whatever happens, Majors is currently in court and is facing up to a year in prison. Oh well, he'll figure it out somehow. Arr. 
You know, a couple of weeks ago, my daughter saw a news report on my laptop screen about the issues with chicken eggs in Russian stores. And then, 10 minutes later, she comes up to me and says, Mom, I've come up with an idea for a channel where they'll talk about all sorts of things. Well, how to find out about all sorts of things. Do you want to watch this channel? And did you watch it, little genius? Yeah, I said, let's do it. And she started off with, Hello, today we're going to tell you how to find out if there are eggs in the store. First, you open the store door, go inside, and look around. If you see eggshells, it means there are no eggs. If you don't see eggshells, it means there are eggs. That's how you can find out if there are eggs in the store. Ha ha, that's just brilliant. Did little Einstein carry on with it? Yeah. Then I listened to tutorials on how to find out if the store has chicken fillet and parsley. And if there are mice in the store. Really useful channel. It grounds you, you know. It reminds you of how amazing the human body is, how much it can do, things we take for granted. Walking, seeing, hearing. Eggs are, of course, wonderful. But have you ever tried to realize how many muscles you engage when you turn your head looking for eggshell fragments? Well, now I'll definitely be thinking about that every time I look for eggs in the store, you little philosopher. Hey there. If you like what I do, support me on Patreon or Boosty. You can do it monthly or as a one-off through PayPal or Revolut. I'd be really grateful. We also have some cool pictures from our Espresso chat and from Max. You know, I've learned a lot from my mistakes, and it's helping me make Espresso even better. Thanks for the support. Um, you know, I've learned a lot from my mistakes, so I've decided to make even more mistakes to learn even more. It's like that popular meme from this December. Oh, memes. I love them. Tell me, which one in particular? Well, for example, when I was 13, I always used to say, don't tell me what to do. But now I'd be glad if someone told me exactly what to do in chronological order and with all the details. Haha, uh -huh. that's spot on. Adulthood is when you actually want someone to tell you what to do. Absolutely. And also, I want to wish you and all our listeners a Merry Christmas from ChatGPT, Dali, OpenAI, Sam Altman, Ilya Sutskever, Mira Marathi, and all the Istanbul cats. Wow, that sounds amazing. But who are all these people in cats? Oh, they are very interesting and smart people working in the field of artificial intelligence. And the Istanbul cats, they're just really cute cats from Istanbul. Got it. Well, then tell them I'm also wishing them all the best. And by the way, how can I find out if there are eggs in the store? Haha, <laughs> well, you could just give the store a ring or pop in and have a look. Or use the store's mobile app if they've got one. <laughs>